Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on July the 22nd, 2010. Newcomers, as always, I suggest you look into the, the cuttingthroughthematrix.com site and download as many of the shows I put up there for free and try and get as many as you can because who knows, who knows how long these will stay up. And things are changing fast with the internet regulations and so on and political, political correctness as well. There's going to be a whole bunch of new guidelines on what you can say, what you can't say, what you can talk about, what you can't talk about, until basically you're just parroting the mainstream. And whatever is the mainstream is what's allowed to be out there to the public, generally to mislead you. So download these shows at your heart's content. And remember, all those sites you see listed on the front page, bookmark them too for future use. And they all have the same audios. They all have a lot of transcripts for print up. You can choose from. And if you want transcripts in other languages, go into Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu. You will see that listed there at the com site. And you can download and take your pick from the various languages of Europe. And remember, too, that you are the audience that bring me to you. I'm a host who doesn't take out money from advertisers. And that gives me a freer hand and a freer range of things I can say or do. And it gives me more time as well to talk to you, basically. And the ads on the show that you hear are paid by advertisers straight to RBN. I've got nothing to do with that. And that pays for airtime. It pays for the staff and equipment and their bills. So help me with mine. Go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. Purchase the books. Believe you me, they're, they're different from anything you've read. It's, to, it's a technique, actually, as you read them, to help your brain start functioning and firing off the way it's supposed to fire, not the way it's been dumbed down by the education system and the continuing media you get after you leave school uh, or the Hollywood movies either that's brainwashed you. Uh, these help you to wake up and understand things that have been happening all around you all the time, and you'll see things for the first time as they really are. And that's how bad it is. It really is that bad. We're all conditioned in this system to see it the way, uh, and the whole world the way your masters want you to see them. And remember, from the U.S. to Canada, you can purchase the books or the discs from with a personal check. You can use an international postal money order. You can use PayPal for donations or to purchase. If you want to purchase, send a donation from PayPal and a separate email to me with your name and address and the order, and I'll get it out to you. You can also send cash. Some people just send cash. Across the rest of the world, same thing. You've got cash, you've got Western Union, you've got uh, MoneyGram, or PayPal for donations or to purchase. And hopefully that will help me just... And I mean just uh, uh, trickle over because it's getting pretty bad these days. And, of course, the money in Canada has been inflated as everybody else's, which means it's been devalued with purchasing power. And that's the game plan. So it was always meant to be this way. You'll find that people truly believe that uh, politicians, 
and heads of banks are just struggling at the moment to try and and bring about some recovery from this unforeseen circumstance of the crash. And that's all utter nonsense. The banking community is controlled by a small crew at the top, worldwide, and it was time to pull the plug and bring it down. This is the century of change, and you've got to learn to be austere, you see. And sustainability is to rise to the top is a new holy mantra, uh, including how many people will live on the earth and who will have children and who will not have children. That's what all this is about. Money is a tool to the big boys. They don't need it. They own the mineral resources and whole countries, really, across the whole planet. we got to believe in it so they can use us. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt, we're cutting through the matrix. People have to realize that we're simply going through an agenda, a long-term agenda. Again, it was on the go before you were born, it was on the go before the Bretton Woods Agreement, when they decided to basically do away with the gold standard and bring in fractional reserve, and that's been done away with as well since then. And we're to go into a second part, a new type of society after that. And that's what Maynard Keynes talked about in his own books, if you want to read them. He talked about the new type of society that would come in. He was a, a socialist. Socialism, you've got to understand, it's nothing to do with the working people. It's a belief that the fittest to rule uh, the working people and everyone else should be doing it. Which So it's no different from the elitist group on the other side. They're one and the same, in fact. One and the same. They're all into eugenics and superior types, inferior types, division of labor to the, the proles down below, and all that kind of stuff. And they've been talking about this for well over a hundred years. When they brought out, out the gold standard and off the gold standard, they knew exactly how long it would take before the dollar was worth a fraction of what it was back in the 1940s or 30s or, or even before the, the 20s even. They knew how long. You keep inflating money and, and devaluing its purchasing power. Same with Britain and every other country too. And I used to say years ago we'd become like the, the peso or the lira. We'd, be, we'd have millions of them. It would sound wonderful for a paycheck, but really you couldn't buy much with it. And really that's the same con game that's gone on for an awful long time with bankers and money and the substitutes, again, for what they, what they call tangible money, which generally is something that, that you can hold on to, into paper. And this had to happen. This, this time had to happen, and that's why they brought it out now. The 21st century is the century of change. That means a change in everything, right down to depopulation, by the, from the top down, uh, by laws, rules, and regulations, but these characters were already doing it, you see, in the Western countries long before we heard anything about this, you see. They were using inoculations and various other things to sterilize the public, give them the cancer viruses that would affect them down the road. And we've all lived through that. Anyone who's 40 or so or over has seen that happening in their own lifetime, if they've got any memory at all, from even the news articles they put up there. Oh, cancer's on the increase. We don't know why. Everything's always a big, big puzzle, isn't it? Meanwhile, they can create any kind of virus for warfare purposes, but they just don't know. And they can, and they can create a human being from genes, 
and old DNA, but we just don't know what's causing cancers. And, and this is the tripe that's fed to us. Uh, and that's good enough for most folk, because most folk truly can't believe that experts would lie to them. Why should they? They've been trained in the domesticated system not to think for themselves. You've got experts to do all the thinking for you. Doctors are no better. Doctors come out, you know, and they're not off to get a lot of money and help pay back all the money they've borrowed to get through university. And they believe everything uh, they've been taught. Everything they have been taught, even though what they've been taught with statistics and cancers has been completely different from the stuff that was taught back in, say, the 60s or the 70s to the, to the groups leaving at that time, graduating at that time. You always believe the most recent stuff, it must be truer, truer than the last true, you see. And so they're stuck in their pigeonholes, and they're all taught now that everyone's going to die of cancer, and that's the new, that's a normal thing. Yeah, it's normal. And same with everything else. You understand, reality is not too difficult to manage for public, even intergenerationally, if you have foundations. Now, foundations is, is, is something that Quigley talked about, Carla Quigley, and how they were multi-trillion dollar uh, companies that were under charitable organizations that formed a parallel government. And they worked, of course, with the Royal Institute for International Affairs. They still do. They're all part of it, the parallel government. Sometimes they put boys into politics. They put lots of them into the bureaucratic positions, especially at the top, Pentagon, stuff like that, and Whitehall in Britain. And they um, get what they want done that way through the back door. Who cares about the politicians? The, the politicians literally do what they're told. And they've been changing society so incredibly fast. And if folk haven't seen the changes even in the way we're being treated now with police over the last 20 years, then go back and watch television and sports and your favorite soaps. And good luck to you. They say, you know, ignorance is bliss because only the ignorant can be blissful. You see? And that's true. It's very, very true. If you know what's going on, you can't stand back and and change the topic and talk about having a nice day or I think I'll go and paddle my feet in the pond. Stuff like that. There's no bliss in knowing the truth because we're in dire straits. And what's coming down is going to be much, much worse because they are going into food rationing. They, they do plan to bring on riots. They will bring on the riots and bring down the populations. Every movie they've been churning out for the last 15, 20 years, all these disaster movies are meant to program you to accept it. All you see in them is a destitute planet and people in rags at the bottom and these well-equipped uh, ninja guys with all their outfits on serving the, the private world's corporation. That's the plan, you see. And that fits right into uh, the published um, program from the think tank for NATO and Brit Britain's army, who said they're going to have riots going up to about the year 2030, 2050, maybe starting over food. Because, you see, the food, too, has been taken over by the big boys who belong to the same club. And not only are they giving you the poisonous rubbish in the grocery stores that you, you go to, that's not what the big boys get. They get their little meal cards when you join politics and stuff. You get your meal card to get the best food that's non-GMO, that isn't soaked with pesticide, and 
the, 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 the meat and so on. Nothing has lived on the surface of the earth. It doesn't get the spraying from from the plains we see all the time above us. That doesn't come down on their plants. No, no, no. And I read an article about a year ago where big corporations are growing this stuff. Some in special greenhouses. Even the staff can't even come in without going through special uh, decontamination. They wear masks inside these places. The stuff never is touched by rain. It's all deep water, filtered, heavily filtered stuff that touches the soil. These plants grow and they have them in Germany and Japan and Britain and elsewhere for the, the wealthy elite. And as I say, when you get up to be a sellout politician, nice little psychopath that you are, you'll get your meal tickets to get this stuff delivered to your home, believe you me. That's why they, they rat out on you and everything else. They get special privileges. That's what they always talk about, giving them special privileges. And the police since the 80s especially have been really revved up and trained by, again, specialists to make them paranoid about the public. The public are the enemy. There's no doubt about that. Everybody's suspicious. Everybody's a villain. And you're definitely all potential villains, you see. And the brotherhood aspect of it, you know, you wear that uniform. It's worked for thousands of years. Uniforms are great. You always, the only guys you can trust are your guys with the same uniform, little patch on you. And that's how they stand up for each other, regardless of what they've done to the public. The public literally are seen as less than human. And I'm not kidding about that. Now, last year at the G20 in London, you remember Ian Tomlinson was killed by police. He was a man who was a news vendor, and he had packed up for the night, and he was just on his way home, hands in his pockets, and he happened to walk past this outer area, where the cops were all standing, and he was attacked by them. They came in, beat the back of his legs, hit him in the stomach, as they're taught to do, which ruptured his stomach, actually ended up killing him. And uh, they got off with it. They got off with it. So they've, they've, they've carried on this long inquiry they always have, you see. The first pathologist was a government pathologist that said he, had, he just happened to have a massive heart attack. He was walking home and decided right at that point, after being hit, to have a massive heart attack. An independent autopsy showed that he died from massive injury inflicted from external sources. So the inquiry comes up, and this is what they do, 22nd July 2010. This is the green lights for the cops now to murder citizenry. And they've already been doing it with the tasers, if you've noticed. But this sets a precedent. It sets the precedent in law that cops can attack anyone and kill them with impunity. It's a precedent now in law. And I'm going to put this article up tonight too, at cuttingthroughthematrix.com, for the links after the show. It says, G20, no charges over Ian Tomlinson's death. Police officers, with, and it shows you the officers and so on. It's also a little description of what happened, a little video. And uh, a police officer who was filmed pushing the man to the ground during the G20 protest will not face charges over his death. Cleared completely. You see, now it wasn't just one guy involved because all his pals were standing there. It could have stopped them too. But they don't stop their, their own brotherhood, you see. That's a definite precedent set in law for everybody to remember because they will use it again. Every cop now knows they can do this. Whether they're tasing you to death and laughing their heads off as they do it, 
or beating you with their clubs or whatever else they're given as toys, they can kill you with impunity and the courts will back them. In fact, I doubt if many cases will even get to a court after this one because of this this, uh, finding, as they like to call it. The cops are getting more and more armaments. They, they love armaments. And you know, know, too, back in the 70s, they said, well, you know, if the Cold War, the Cold War ends, uh, what are all the big manufacturers of weaponry going to do? And they said at the time in the business magazines, well, they'll go into private security that's coming over all the public. And they have. And they'd also go to the police who would be buying, just like the military buy, the same kind of weaponry. I'll talk about another little tool I've got now, but I come back from this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt. We're coming through the Matrix, giving you the, the real reality, not the one that they put you in when they put you in the Matrix. There's so many different compartments. Most folk find the one they're more comfortable, the most comfortable in, and they stay there. And until you understand what's happening, you know the history of this, you know what's, where they're heading with it, you'll never be able to even approach any technique of fighting them with any effectiveness whatsoever. Never. You understand what's really up here and what's at stake. And these guys at the top are utterly ruthless. Believe me, they're ruthless in what they do. They'll, get, they'll do anything to get their way. They always have. Always have. Now, they've been testing lots and lots of weapons. They love little wars where they destroy a country and just the troops are in there. Basically, no one's watching them. And they get, away, they get away with literally murder. That's the whole point of it. And they test stuff. I've talked before about in Iraq where they've used uh, special weaponry that, that literally shrunk the bodies uh, of, of people in a bus. They shrunk them to about four feet tall. And uh, another one too where, and you'll see, and I've actually put links up before for you to watch on this particular one, where they used some kind of technology that did not fire projectiles and a bus drove up to the surgery uh, of a hospital, and the, the surgeon said uh, the driver himself had one leg cut off as though it had been cut off by a knife, as clean as could be, and everyone else, all the passengers, had their stomachs ripped open, heads off the whole, as though something inside, some very sharp thing had just cut them all to pieces, and there was intestines and so on on the, on the, on the, the ceiling of the bus using all kinds of technologies. And you think that's all for wars abroad? They want to keep that quiet and use that over there because they are going to use all this stuff back here in the Western world. I guarantee it. That's why they're not using it openly in every battle they have over anywhere else they go. There's a lot of stuff they don't want you to know they have. The only time you will see them is when it's turned on you, and that'll be the last time. But here's something for the cops right now, just to get them going, apart from their tasers and all the other gadgets they've got. And this is blinding laser beam, the newest police tool. So they've got laser uh, beams now uh, to blind you, apparently. And uh, this is from uh, Seattle News and Video, July 21st. 
uh, cops and guns, there have been a combination throughout the history of law enforcement. You don't want to take someone's life unless you absolutely have to, said Officer Tom Arnold of the Lakewood Police Department. Now, well, I always give you the PR lies first, you see. But with deadly force used only as a last resort, ha, huh, since when are they using that as a last resort these days? Right? For a long time now. Police are constantly testing less than lethal weapons that can be used to stop perpetrators without putting officers at risk. Over the years, this has included everything from tasers and pepper spray to beanbag guns and net guns, which are called visions of Spider-Man when they're launched. One of the newest and most unusual, less than lethal weapons to hit the market is the Dazer laser. Oh, very nifty, isn't it? Dazer laser. It's a powerful laser gun that can temporarily blind and disorient a suspect with a large modulating pool of green lights. Now, I can remember that they were testing this out for the military back in the 70s and their settings on it. And they found uh, that they could literally, the whole idea was something the size of a fountain pen that it done to back then. Uh, you could literally wait for a whole regiment coming towards you across a field and switch it on and sweep it from left to right and back and forth. And everyone looking at you would have a a permanent blindness, although they said they could turn it down a little bit and give them a longer-lasting kind of burn in the retina and might clear up. So here's the cops got this stuff 40 years later. So it's a powerful laser gun that can temporarily blind and disorient a suspect with a large modulating pool of light. If you can impair their vision where they can't effectively target or locate you, you're controlling them. It's a little bit control. You have those couple of seconds you need, which in law enforcement is a year, said Ryan. That'll get them time to get their taser, their taser guns out and, and scorch you to death, I suppose. Uh, Battis, who demonstrates the weapons to police departments for Laser Energetics, Inc. of New Jersey. The Dazer laser is being pitched to police across the Northwest as a safe alternative to tasers, which can cause burns or pepper spray, which has to be deployed at close range. I've read all the articles here, even even with the, the tasers where that cop shot that young girl in the head and it penetrated her brain, you know. I guess that was that really got him off that day. Officer Arnold likes the idea of carrying a laser because it would be easy to deploy and require minimal training. It's not hard to aim a light at somebody. We all carry flashlights. We, we know what lasers are. He, Arnold said, that, yeah, they know what lasers are, right? The promoters claim the lasers are effective day and night and are designed to be effective anywhere from three feet to a mile and a half away. That's yeah, a mile and a half away. Without causing eye damage. <laughs> the first 1,000 days of lasers will be rolling off assembly lines in Charlotte, North Carolina within 30 days. The manufacturer says police SWAT teams, prisons and military units in the U.S. and across the globe are ready to deploy them. They've all been snapping them up, you see. So, unlike tasers, like they mean the stun guns. Remember, these are cattle prods, these tasers. Uh, they're just cattle prods on wires. The other one's just the one that you hold that's a stun gun. But uh, it says, unlike tasers, the Dazer laser is not being sold to the public. They require a security code to activate and can be programmed to turn off after a set period of time to prevent abuse if they fall into the wrong hands. So there you go, guys on steroids, and uh, they're getting them dished out to them so they can uh, cause further damage as people scream with pain and all the rest of it. Well, it's quite nice, isn't it? That's the world that you're paying for with your tax money. And your servants are going to turn these on you. I can hear the music coming in, so we'll be back after this break. 
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. You know, from ancient times to the present, there's never been anything called justice. It's something that Plato talked about in one of his his little rambles. He went on about the fact that at the end it, he comes boils it down to the fact it's only the appearance of justice, you see. And but there's never any justice. And of course law has nothing to do with justice. Uh, folk out there don't realise that. The law has nothing to do with justice or right or wrong, put it that way. Uh, it's to do with what's right in the law. And that's and lawyers literally Talmudically exchange uh, data from their own books, you see. And the person who's been charged or whose life's at stake is sitting off in the side somewhere as another spectator is out the ring, basically. And these guys debate points of law. Nothing to do with what's right or wrong. But, but again, the media puts a great show on with lawyer movies and stuff like that. Remember, too, Jacks uh, Elul said that any time you see cop shows on television or, or your lawyer sh- shows with the courts and, and they always win with the, with the right guy getting off with it and all that, that's all propaganda to give you a fake impression of what it really is all about. And I remember, too, reading an article a few years back on the air where uh, they were doing surveys of students coming in to study the law, and right away the first intake they asked them for the first year they they asked them who really believes in justice here, and they all put their hands up. And after the year was out, they asked the same classes, all the first year classes, the same thing in the survey, and they asked them who believes in justice, and uh, none of them put their hands up because at that time they knew it had nothing to do with justice. It's to do with points of law, nothing to do with right or wrong or anything else. But that's the world again. You live in a matrix world, conditioned fake reality. Here's an article here from, and it's called The Daily Beast. I haven't seen this one before, but it's uh, someone sent this link to me. And it, it says, billionaire pedophile goes free. Well, they always do, don't they? You know, Hedge fund mogul Jeffrey Epstein became a free man Wednesday, five years after he was first accused of sexually abusing underage girls. After months of reporting, the Daily Beast continued. Sarnoff reveals exclusive details of the investigation and the legal wrangling that saved him from a long prison term. She reports, Pam Beach's police chief uh, objected to Einstein's, Epstein's special treatment and gave the Daily Beast an exclusive look at his nine-hour deposition about the investigation. Earlier versions of the U.S. attorney's charges included a sealed 23, a sealed, eh? they sealed it for the court case, 23-page indictment, which could have landed Epstein in prison for 20 years. This has nothing to do with his, 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 his money uh, grabbing and stealing. This is to do with these other, they also have their own little perk, you know, perks and areas are into that they share amongst themselves. Victims allege that Epstein molested underage girls from South America, Europe, and the former Soviet republics, including three 12-year-old girls brought over from France as a birthday gift. How's that for a birthday gift, eh? And you think this is just an occasional one that happened. These are big rings, folks, big rings. Judges and everything are in them. The victims also allege trips out of state and abroad in Epstein's private jets. That's how they do it when they do their sex trafficking. 
which would be evidence of sex trafficking, it says here, a much more serious federal crime than the state charges Epstein was convicted of. Epstein's attorneys investigated members of the Palm Beach Police Department, while others ordered private investigators to follow and, and intimidate the victims' families. One even posed as a police officer. That's what they do. That's the same as the drug companies do when doctors don't go along with the findings of the big pharma. I've read these in a year too, how they literally will do the same stuff and threaten them. Then Attorney General Alberto Gonzalez told the Daily Beast that he would have instructed the Justice Department to pursue justice without making a political mess. As his film director Roman Polanski is not the only convicted paedophile to walk free this month and return to a life of privilege, on Wednesday hedge fund manager Jeffrey Epstein completed his one-year house arrest. That's not there, one-year house arrest. I bet, I bet he still had the children brought in in Palm Beach, which has been even less arduous than Polanski's time at a Swiss ski chalet. During Epstein's term of house arrest, he made several trips each month to his New York home and his private Caribbean island in the earlier stage of his sentence for soliciting prostitution with a minor. The 13 months in the Palm Beach stockade, he was allowed out to his office each day. Meanwhile, Epstein had settled more than a dozen lawsuits brought by underage girls who were recruited to perform massages, he called it, at his Palm Beach mansion. Seven victims reached the last-minute deal last week. Uh, days before a scheduled trial, each received over $1 million, an amount that will hardly uh, dent Epstein's $2 billion net worth that we know of. <laughs> you have a lot more than that stashed away. But uh, this is the real world of, of the psychopathic pervs uh, that rule you. That rule you. And they've never had, and never in history have these pervs that have always ruled you. Had had any problems about going with underage children of either persuasion? Never. Never, ever, ever, folks. And this won't go on much longer either, because remember, after the last, I think it was 2001, meeting of international censor committees, and you thought your censorship board and your country was all to do with keeping your culture and keeping you safe. No, their job was to keep pushing the envelope to see what you're ready for now by using massive polling and all the rest of it as they perverted you as you sat there and gazed and got intrigued at certain little things they'd put on for you to goggle at. And they had their meeting, as I say, in 2001, their annual meeting international, and they said now that they'd won the rights for homosexuals, they'd be putting on a massive bunch of uh, comedies and so about homosexuality, and sure enough, they did right after it. And they said the next step now is for the right of intergenerational sex. We're pushing for that. And bestiality, folks. Strange, I read, I read something a few weeks ago where Norway is, is allowed to have bestiality and uh, they have a big a tourist trade from America and Britain and elsewhere, of the big boys, of course, who will go over to see what their fancy is, you know, a cow or a dog or chicken or whatever it happens to be. But uh, these folk have always been like that. These are the pervs who have always ruled you. Go back to Caligula and all these characters in ancient Rome. And you look at the money that they've spent covering up things of royalty down through the ages as well. You see, they don't believe in any god except themselves. Or if they do believe in one, it's a separate one from the one that you think about. And they don't 
have any qualms about what they do. If it, if it has existed in nature, they will do it. It must be okay. And that's what the humanists pushed too. You see, that all came out from Darwinism. And then Kinsey helped push on his lies through his books as he sent out special people to bugger little boys and babies and even time, the amount of time it would take for them to scream and stuff like that. That's what his scientific report was all about and using prostitutes, male and female, as the general population, so that everyone who read his books would think, well, science, see, science must be right. Wow, I've never done that. Maybe I'm missing out on something. And all the guys, and mainly the women, ran out and became rather promiscuous. Because now it was suddenly okay. Yeah. All that morality stuff was just old-fashioned superstition coming back from the tribal era. Ha! Huh. And look at the mess we're in today. And you think there's no war? Who protected Kinsey? Who financed Kinsey? Well, the Rockefellers did. The Guggenheims and all these boys. That's who financed them. And they knew their agenda. If you want to conquer and destroy a country and take it over and rule it, you destroy the culture completely and all morality. Old is the hills, as they say. And how successful it's been. How successful it's been. And as I say, they always said too, if you want to change the world, you, you do it through the female. Nero said it, Hitler said it, and Hitler said uh, that the women want security and food for her children. She goes for the powerful person. Therefore, we will aim our propaganda at the female. She will come to us for safety and food for her children. The children must follow her and then must follow the man. But it's also true that all the studies, even long before Kinsey, the real studies that have been proven over and over again, show that women are far more apt to try change than men are. Well, and so they, they thought they would change the world through going for the female. Bernays said the same thing too, that she'd become the purchaser. The guys would die off. Very rich widows would have lots of money. And then they would target them and get the money off them. But also the UN goes through a strategy of, of basically emasculating the males in every country. It's a, you gotta get the males out of the way if you want to rule, conquer and rule them. And they've been giving microloans, as they call it, for years to women all over Africa and different countries to start their businesses up, giving them computers. Canada had a big rally for US computers and the government sent them all over there as well. Only for women though. The men have to be left on the sidelines. Until women no want, no longer want to look at them because the men will still be poor, you see. And the women will be looking for better things. Here's an article here. And it says the United Nations creates what may become a billion dollar agency for radical feminism. New York, July the 8th. Last Friday, the General Assembly voted to consolidate four uh, separate United Nations bodies dedicated to women's issues into one new gender equality entity called UN Women. The resolution capped a victory for radical feminists who lobbied for years for the new entity and is the latest in an overall push to bring women's issues even more into the UN agenda. I think I mentioned years ago, I walked into a club once where different musicians were taking turns on stage and someone knew who I was and asked me if I got to play a tune, so I did. And he says, can't you sing something more radical? I says, why? 
and this was it was this was a feminist, and she says, uh, because you see, we get funding to run this club by the government, and you've got to be radical to do it. And I looked into the law, and sure enough, it says in the government, for radic- only those who are for radical change will get these grants. Your own governments have been doing this, folks, in every country since World War Two, and they joined the United Nations. It says here, after four years of sometimes harsh negotiations, member states agreed on simplifying the disjointed efforts of four UN offices dedicated to women's issues, United Nations Development Fund for Women, that's UNIFEM, the International Research and Training Institute for the Advancement of Women, INSTRAW, and Division for the Advancement of Women, DAW, and the Office of Special Advisor on Gender Issues and Advancement of Women, OSAGI. And so on, softly African. The framework for... Um, UN Women is that's, that's actually a, a Zulu spear, if I remember, a saga. Anyway, the framework for the UN Women is the Beijing Platform for Action, which calls for an end to discrimination against women, especially highlighting education, employment, political participation, and human rights. The Under Secretary General, appointed by UN Secretary General Bai Kai Moon, will head a new body, and member states are calling for a prompt appointment before the General Assembly meets in September. Now remember, this is all funded by your tax money over here. And if you look at all these countries that were ex-Soviets, the women are all fleeing those countries to get men abroad because they were taught coming up through school and because of the priority of hiring, even during the Soviet area, uh, that their men were nothing. They were no good. They were the faults for all the world's previous problems. And they were marrying everybody outside their countries, selling themselves, really. The newspapers are fooling them, even yet. That's what they do. And that's what they want to do in Africa and elsewhere, so they can conquer them. And the men will stand up for nothing when they have nothing to stand up for. This is warfare tactics. Can you understand warfare tactics? And... It's interesting, too, as I say, that so much of the news really is just to do with the agenda. It's just the agenda. Uh, I've talked about Britain and other countries across Europe, and it's the same in, in, in the U.S. right now. As one baby and four born to migrants, number of foreign-born mothers has doubled. Uh, and this is 22nd of July, and it's from the mail. Almost a quarter of babies are born to immigrant mothers, an official breakdown showed yesterday. And I found that 24.7% of children born last year have mothers who were born abroad, and that their numbers have doubled since the late 1990s. The sharply rising numbers of babies with foreign-born mothers came despite an overall fall in births. You see, the overall fall in births happens because the native-born people there can't even get someone to, to marry or mate with. Um, and they don't want children because be, it's, been, it's been drummed into them. Charles Galton Darwin was right. But they'd rather have a sports car or a washing machine. And of course, it doubles the tax base when everyone's in it. So only the ones who are coming in who are immigrants and who haven't had that indoctrination are, they are happy to have children, naturally. Something that they used to have in those countries that are falling apart. You should be happy to have children. The figures produce fresh warnings to ministers that immigration rates must be brought down to avoid the growing threat of overpopulation in Britain, but they're not going to do it because uh, I read articles again from the ministry a few weeks ago where they said that they'll keep it going. Uh, Numbers of children born to mothers from outside the country have been growing fast in recent years as immigration has reached record levels. 
1998, there were 86,406 babies born in England and Wales to mothers born abroad. These mothers are considered likely to be long-term migrants by statisticians. Last year, the local total reached 174,400, according to the figures from the Office for National Statistics. It's like Orwell, isn't it? You've got an Office for National Statistics. That's why you hear, you hear blaring on the Orwell, the Orwell movie, 84, is it the national statistics for this and that and the other. So um, everybody's talking, but the, the, the thing is to keep the, the, the coming in, just as Tony Blair said he would do. He opened the floodgates wide. He says to destroy what was left, completely destroy what was left of the culture of Britain so it could never form itself again. And it's intentional. So on and on it goes. See, this show is not about good news. It's about the war. It's about the war. You see, everything that's happening in the world and every country is the one war, the one insane war. All financed in various ways by the big boys, either attacking your culture, destroying your culture, or literally physically assaulting you. It's all the same big group at the top that's in charge of it. Now, you can't believe how bad it gets in some countries. You have to really look at them. And as I say, Britain is the flagship. That is supposed to come across the rest of the world with the Chinese system lumped into it because the UN has said that China is the model city for the world to copy. That's what they like. They like an obedient population working for peanuts in factories all day, locked in, and obeying their superiors and obeying their own type of Politburo. Obedience is very important to these freaks at the top. Council race spies secretly rummaged through rubbish, that's your garbage bins, to discover the family's habits. The government are employed as a form of census taking them down now. 20th of July 2010, and the music's coming in. I'll come back with this after this break. Alan Watt, we're cutting through the matrix, talking about uh, councils across Britain now, employing, employing people to go through your garbage bins to see what race you come from, your eating habits, habits, and trying to find out how prosperous you are. No kidding, 20th of July, and it's uh, mail online. So uh, it says, waste audits allow officials and private contractors to check supermarket labels, types of unwanted food and even examine the contents of discarded mail. Oh, land of hope and glory, eh? The local authorities are using social profiling techniques to match different types of garbage to different ethnic groups or wealthy and poor households as part of a recycling drive, a recycling drive initiated by the last government. I know they should put it, like the last government, in the trash. That's where they should put that law. It says householders can then be placed in social categories, which in some areas range from wealthy achievers to the hard-pressed and subsequently targeted for future leafleting campaigns. Stop at nothing. There's no peace, eh? So I'll put this link up as well, but I wanted to get on to this other one. 
and in Canada here. Here's Canada. Canada's got a, we're so politically correct in Canada, you know, we're taught to be easy going. Most folk are so easy going, you don't know if they're awake or asleep most of the time up here. And, um, this was what happened in the Vancouver, the Vancouver airport. Um, this is the July the 20th, 2010, Toronto Sun. It says, uh, Shalene Flynn, 29, had already missed one flight and lost her luggage when she says she found herself in a room at Vancouver Airport, naked and squatting, while two crude border agents strip-searched her. It was December 2009, days after that, that, that set-up, obviously, guy came in with the stuff strapped to his thigh, remember, an Al-Qaeda member, ho oh, oh, tried to ignite an explosive device aboard Detroit about flight. Flynn had just arrived home to Vancouver from a trip to Seattle, was on her way to Palma de Mallorca, Spain, to start a new job as a public relations officer. She was a day behind schedule, missed a flight and so on. She talked uh, on a phone, payphone, an airport, to her mum, when a Canada Border Services Agency officer approached her. All of a sudden, the guy comes over and says, Can I talk to you? I said, Of course, why not? She said she was asked uh, where she was traveling, why she was using a payphone. He told her to take off her sunglasses so he could see her eyes. She slipped them off, looked at the officer, and then pushed them back down. His tone then became aggressive, she said. He said, uh, No, take your, your sunglasses off, said Tlutlin. As he searched her carry-on bag and asked more questions, a bystander offered a car for a lawyer. That's how bad it is now. You see someone in trouble, you give them a, a car for a lawyer. But the officer sent him away. And then they took him through with two of these creatures. I call them creatures they employ to, to uh, strip-search the women. Because you see these creatures in these airports in Canada, they're all pear-shaped, you know. And you think they were two-gun Texas, the way their hands are trying to get past their, their big, you know, pear bit, you know, the bit that sticks out, and have bunches of keys around them. Anyway, they, they, they were really nasty to her. They, um, uh, this time it was different. She says here, they made her bend over a table after she was stripped, open her legs and squat and cough. They asked her personal questions like when she last had sex. You see, there, 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 there are certain persuasion these women. You understand what I'm saying? You know, this is all I can say from Canada. It's, it's the only ones they'll hire for these jobs. These are the kind who want to be prison guards, but they, they fail the IQ test. You know, the one that says, if there's three gallons of water in one bucket, two gallons in another, how many buckets are there? You know what I'm saying? So they go into these jobs here. And then when I'm told her, she says, um, she says, uh, uh, she says, uh, just do what I see. I've just had my dinner. I just had lunch. I don't want to throw it up. From Hamish myself, from a disgusting world, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.